today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We've talked, uh, well, since March, I suppose, about uh, the impact COVID-19 has had on businesses, on education, on regular life. I mean, you know, we're still broadcasting remotely, of course, and lots of other things that are going on that have changed our lives dramatically. And there have been some government supports for uh, many of the things that we've had to change uh, as a result of that. But uh, there are some people that are still of concern about this. Uh, and, you know, we've talked about the importance of the economy, of course, and the impact COVID has had on this. Nonprofits play a large role in, in our everyday lives, too, as a way of support services. How are they being affected by the pandemic and uh, what can be done to assist them? I want to bring Kathy Taylor into the conversation. Kathy is the executive director for the Ontario Nonprofit Network. Uh, Kathy, thank you so much for the time. Glad you could be with us today. No, thanks so much, Bill. It's great to join you. What uh, what is the status right now? What 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 is the outlook for for nonprofits? Uh, it, it, the way things are happening right now in Ontario. Mm-hmm. It's pretty grand, Bill. I have to say, and um, there are fifty eight thousand nonprofits and charities in Ontario, which is an amazing number, uh, in, including a million workers and five million volunteers that contribute to our local economy and economic impact. Um, and yet what we heard from this survey we did in June um, was that one in five are planning on being closed by Christmas, um, that just in the 1,200 organizations that filled out our survey, they had lost $90 million in revenue. Um, and most of them expected uh, 2021 to be worse off, to be worse off than, than this year. Well, especially because we don't know if the, when this is going to end, do we? No, absolutely. And a lot of those organizations, uh, the equation is just not adding up. They've got decreased revenue from fundraising, ticket sales, registration fees, donations. They've got increased expenses with personal protective equipment, um, technology, uh, cleaning supplies. And at the same time, there's a huge increased need. 40% said the need for their programs and services, whether they're food banks or shelters or even sport organizations and churches, are going up. Yeah, let's let's talk about that because the, the term nonprofits can be a rather vague term for an awful lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, and they may not exactly understand what we're talking about until you need one of those services. Uh, but basically, uh, nonprofits are the they're, they're, they're ones for the, the the vulnerable, the ones that are down and out. I mean, then let's face it; those numbers have increased significantly uh, since COVID nineteen has come along. So the the, the contradiction here is uh, at a time when this society needs nonprofits probably more than ever. Uh, you're facing a very dire your financial circumstance. That's exactly right. And and nonprofits do include a lot of, it's a very diverse sector. So you're right, it includes social services and health organizations that serve our most vulnerable. It also includes child care. Most child care centers are nonprofits, um, seniors visiting programs, all of our minor sports, hockey, soccer, all of those are nonprofits. Our museums and art galleries are nonprofits, as well as our churches and faith communities. So it's a quite a diverse sector, um, and the impact is being felt amongst the entire sector. And these are the organizations that our communities count on. So, you know, come September, they're going to expect, you know, their child care centers open to minor hockey to start, their senior visiting programs and after-school arts camps, and uh, they're just not going to be there for our communities. All right, let me uh, lay a, a myth to, to rest here that I'm sure a lot of people are thinking right now. What's the big deal? These guys get tons of government money anyway. Uh, not true. Not true. Not true. In fact, half of nonprofits and charities have no paid staff. They're completely volunteer-driven. If you think about your service clubs like Rotary or uh, a lot of the small organizations, and the half that do have staff and get funding, less than half is from governments of all three levels, municipal, provincial, and federal, put together. Most nonprofits and charities have what we call earned income or revenue from 
ticket sales and events and fees for service and workshops and um, registration fees like minor sports. Um, so they're not uh, certainly not waiting for government handouts. Um, but at this time, we are asking for government to invest over the next year and 18 months to make sure these organizations don't slip through the cracks when our communities need them the most. And your hands are tied here, really, aren't they? I mean, you know, one of the ways, well, that's not one, there are many ways of, of fundraising for a lot of these organizations. But in, 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 you know, the old world before COVID, I guess, uh, there were walkathons, there were charity dinners, there were fund- we can't do any of that stuff. We're not allowed to. Social distancing prohibits most, if not all of that stuff right now. So you're, you're really stuck between a rock and a hard place here. Absolutely. In fact, organizations are telling us that their fundraising events, whether they're golf tournaments or spring galas or walkathons, they've all been canceled. Um, a lot of their sponsorships, um, from whether they're corporate sponsors or community businesses, they're on hold because those businesses are suffering as well, and they don't know what their future economic outlook looks like. Um, a lot of uh, there has certainly been some online fundraising, but it's not enough, and it, the numbers are not equal to what they were in in, in previous years. So, so it, you know, there's not enough you know, government support yet. There's not fundraising opportunities. There's no earned revenue from fees and ticket sales. Um, so they really are facing a triple whammy. Uh, and, and that's problematic in a situation like this. And I'm glad you brought the corporate aspect of this stuff. And, and, you know, again, the good news is that a lot of times corporations have risen to the challenge and helped out an awful lot of these nonprofits and, and been able to finance them through their donations. But corporations have been crippled. Uh, even the biggest corporations in this country have been crippled by COVID-19. And their future is well, questionable, if not bleak, in, in many situations like this. Mm-hmm. So just about every available uh, resource you have financially has dried up, which leaves the question, what is government doing about it? Mm-hmm. So definitely, you know, uh, both the provincial and federal governments have had some programs that nonprofits have been eligible for, like the wage subsidy program that was mm-hmm. offered for business. Our sector was eligible, as well as some of the tax benefits. But what we found with our survey is that three quarters have not benefited from any of those programs um, at the provincial level, and two thirds have not benefited from any of the federal programs. So. We certainly need um, government to step up and realize the importance of nonprofits and charities in this time and, and create a targeted program. We're calling it a stabilization fund. Uh, they can certainly call it something else, but to make sure these organizations continue because our communities are going to miss them dramatically and it will have an effect on the recovery, both the economic recovery, because they hire staff and buy stuff and own buildings and, and all of those as well as the social um, and mental health recovery of our community. Kathy, is there any dialogue going on? I mean, it's, the fact that so few of your members uh, seem to benefit from some of the programs that have been announced by the government, either federal or provincial governments, uh, it tells me that they've missed the mark and, and they have to redirect this or refocus specifically to some of these nonprofits right now. But uh, in the absence of that information, I don't know if that's going to be forthcoming. How do you reach out to governments? How do you let them know that, look, at what you're doing is, is not really helping us? Mm-hmm. Great question, and absolutely. And in fact, that's one of the reasons we did this survey, because we wanted some evidence that we had been hearing the stories and hearing the impact, but we, we needed to get a good handle on what was actually happening happening across the province so that we could communicate to government as a sector to to um, prioritize the, the needs of nonprofits and charities. You know, I have to say, both the federal and provincial government and um, ministers' offices, the, our MPPs have been really great. We have communicated with them. We've had many conversations we've been briefing uh, just last week the standing committee on finance for the ontario government 
great questions, great support. Uh, and I think they do understand what they're starting to understand uh, the impact on our sector. Uh, but what we need now is action. So we are looking for them to take some action to invest and make sure our organizations don't fall through the cracks. Because if they do, it's actually going to cost government more in the long term. You know, if there's if all of these programs and services don't exist a year from now, um, who's going to pick up the flat? Communities will expect government to do that. Um, and we know that nonprofits are much more efficient and effective at delivering these services at the community level. Which is exactly the, 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 the formula that they were looking for here right now, that, hey, somebody uh, out there can do it more effectively, more cost-efficiently than we can. And, and so many of your agencies have stepped up and done that. Uh, do they have a full understanding of the fact that if, if any of these agencies uh, are at the point where they simply say, we can't do this anymore, that the, the, the ball is going to fall into their court and they're going to have to do something about this? In other words, the, you know, I, I understand governments are always going to say, look, at, we, you know, we don't have an endless supply of money, yeah. but if they don't, yeah fund this, if they don't support this, it's going to cost them more in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, that's a good question. And it's a question that I would uh, put to government officials for sure. I'm not sure any of us really understand that, you know, the real impact if we lost 20% of our sector, one in five organizations by Christmas, what our, how different our communities would look without those organizations. I, I think it's it would be dramatic, and uh, I, I don't think any of us can can really picture what it's like not to have all those programs and services. Uh, but certainly, um, we're looking, we're asking government to really take a deep look at what that might look like and what the impact might be for them going forward. And, and again, we could be here until four o'clock this afternoon talking about some of the uh, the, the, the your, your group members here and the, and the work that yes. they do. And I mean, you mentioned things like daycare and social service agencies. Uh, these are fundraising efforts, by the way, to doing research and things in, into uh, you know diseases and things of this nature. I mean, the, the work that they do here is incredible, uh, and it's 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 work that needs to be done. And if the money's not there, that work doesn't get done. The research to try to find cures for some of the things that we've talked about uh, is not being done. Uh, the daycare is not going to be available. On and on it goes. Uh, that's why I, I wanted you to come on the program today just so our listeners uh in both hamilton and london and, and right around the province i guess who are listening to our program have a, an understanding of exactly the, the crisis situation and i think crisis is probably the proper word here that you're facing absolutely um i would use the word crisis i would say it would be tragic and avoidable if these organizations close by christmas we do have time to do something about it um, we need our government support. Um, nonprofits still, you know, it's amazing. One of the things that we learned in the survey is that they still remain optimistic. They're resilient. You know, they're working with the community organizations. They're collaborating. They're, um, some of them are merging. They're, you know, they're trying to do as much as they can at a local level. And, and we are also hearing great examples of how local businesses are still stepping up, even in times of uncertainty for them, which is just fantastic. But it's not going to be enough. Um, we do need... Uh, our provincial and federal government to step in and step up and and make sure that these organizations are here for the long run. Kathy, let's uh, stay in touch on this. I really appreciate the time today, and uh, we've put this up hopefully onto the front burner right now, Uh, and we'd love to get an update from you in the weeks ahead and just see what's going to happen with this. Great. That would be awesome, Bill. We really appreciate it, and uh, it's great to talk to you today. Thanks again, Kath. Kathy Taylor, Executive Director for the Ontario Nonprofit Network, who are facing uh, some pretty difficult times these days. And uh, and I know you've been generous in the past with so many of the agencies uh, that we've talked about, and we, through our CHML Children's Fund, of course, uh, try to contribute to that as much as we can through your generosity. But uh, the government's got to step up here during this shortfall. They've done it with many other sectors of uh, the society, and they have to do it with these guys, too. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.